Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us on the program again today is Dick Taylor. Dick, it's nice to have you back with us. Nice to be back. Today's life study message of Genesis is going to trace the line of the tree of knowledge through the Bible. Can you review with us why the tree of knowledge is a negative thing before Witness Lee develops this thought from the scriptures? These two trees, the tree of knowledge and the tree of life, signify the two sources in the universe. Number one, the tree of life signifies God wanting to be life to man. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil means you're living a life that is independent of God. And uh, you may do uh, good things, you may do scriptural things, you may do religious things, you may do wonderful things, but anything that you do, you say, you carry out that's independent of God is negative. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but actually it's the tree of death because the tree of life issues in a city of life in the end of the Bible. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil issues in the second death, which is the lake of fire. So we must be persons who are determined to ignore the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and to cling in love to Christ as the tree of life. Amen. That's really enlightening, that this matter of independence, you know, that cuts against our culture. Right. We somehow treasure that, but before God, that can really be a deadly thing. Let's join Witness Lee now with today's life study from Genesis. In the past, we have seen clearly that the Bible opens with two trees. The tree of life that brings in life and the tree of knowledge that brings in knowledge. But knowledge is just a kind of a pretense. Actually, the tree of knowledge brings in death. So from the very beginning of the Bible, we could see there are two lines going through the whole Bible. The first line is the line of life that starts from the tree of life and goes through the whole Bible and ends at the city of New Jerusalem. There we could still see the tree of life, right? Then the second line is the line of knowledge that starts from the tree of knowledge and goes through the whole Bible and ends at the lake of fire. Now, I just give you some living examples from so many cases throughout the whole Bible. The first one 
<laughs> What's Cain? Cain offered something to God, not in God's way, but in his own way. God's way was that man got fallen. Man cannot contact God without any redeeming sacrifice. Cain, he offered something that he himself produced to please God in his own way. You know, any kind of own way is always something coming out of our own mind. Just be careful. And we have pointed out what is the principle of the tree of knowledge, that is, to be independent to God, to think about something, to make a decision, etc. You see, here Cain did the same thing. He did a good thing, but independent to God. Anything that is good, yet that is independent to God, is dead. Then we come to Lot. Lot was a saved person, but he drifted away from the line of life. By what way he drifted away? Firstly, he made a choice. And after the problem between him and his uncle Abraham, he lifted up his eyes and looked at the whole plane. And he made a choice by his own side. He didn't say, Lord, I don't know what I would do or what I should do. Lord, have mercy on me. Take your choice. I just take your choice. You take your choice, and I take your choice. He didn't pray this way. You see, he made a choice by his own sight. Then he moved, listen, toward the evil city of Sodom. Whenever we start the independent to God, just be assured your way will be downward. Your way will be toward the evil direction. Then we come to Esau to satisfy his appetite. He sold his birthright. You have to know today all the people who are independent to God have sold their birthright of the humankind. And the birthright of the humankind is to enjoy God. Because God created man in his own image just for the expression of God. This means man's right by birth is to express God. My, what a right. What a right by birth. For all the human beings have sold their birthright because of their independence. Dick, let's stop here for a moment. This example of Cain is so enlightening. He was worshiping God, but yet he was in the line of death. Isn't it possible today also for us to fall into this same line of death if we're not very careful? 
It is extremely easy for us to fall into the same line of death, the line of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's quite interesting with this case of Cain. He just offered something to God according to his thought, according to his concept, but he didn't care for God's thought, and he didn't care for God's way. He offered something of the fruit of the ground just according to his own way. So it's very possible for us today also to do the same thing. God is not happy or pleased or satisfied with anything other than his dear son, Jesus Christ. For us to just offer many good things, do many good things for God out of our own effort, our own being as the source, uh, really is to be on the line of the tree of knowledge. And this is not satisfying to God. In uh, Matthew 3.17 and also Matthew 17.6, both times the Father spoke, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I delight. And uh, even Peter was trying to do something that he thought was really good and God would be happy about. In Matthew 17, he's going to build a tabernacle for Moses and Elijah. Peter's excited. Wow, I think God will be happy. I'll build a tabernacle for them too, along with Jesus. But God was absolutely disgusted. The clouds rolled in. The voice came out of the heavens. This is my son, the beloved, in whom I delight. Hear him. So it's absolutely possible for us to fall into the same line of death if we're not careful today in our daily life. We must pay attention to God's Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now we come to Pharaoh. My, what an independent person Pharaoh was. Not only an independent person, he was a rebellious one to God. Even once he said, who is God? I don't care for God. Who is God? So he (laughs) was not waiting to know God. And then he hardened his heart. Oh, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Uh, he hardened his heart. Even God hardened his heart. This occurred again, 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 and again. The heart of Pharaoh was hardened. It was terrible. Then we come to Aaron. My, the name is quite good. I don't think any Christian would take the name of Pharaoh. But so many do name their children Aaron. He was on the line of life, but at the time when Moses went to God, fully on the line of life, he, Aaron, and the people were (laughs) at the bottom. You know, they didn't pray. They didn't look to the Lord. The people passed on a good proposal to Aaron. But anyhow, Aaron took that counsel. Aaron didn't bring the counsel to God. He was independent. Taking that proposal and making an idol of gold. You know, when Moses got down from the mountain 
and tag with Aaron, saying, Aaron, how you did this? In the heart, Aaron said, I didn't do much. I just throw the gold into the fire yeah. and the calf comes out. Yeah. So Moses prays, don't condemn me so much. I didn't do too much. But listen, as long as we are independent of God, regardless how much we do, or how much we don't do, as long as we are independent of God, I tell you, the golden calf will come out. No need for you to do too much. You just be independent to God. <laughs> just let your thing go. That thing will become a golden calf. Isn't this terrible? Then 12 spies. Many of us do know the story of the 12 spies. Their failure was that they looked at the situation by their own sight. When they went to spy the land, they saw the high city. And they saw all those giants. They were scared. They didn't turn their eyes to God. Not like Caleb and Joshua. You see, they got a failure. By what? By their knowledge better knowledge, especially in the situation of difficulties. Don't look at the situation. I tell you, if you do this, this sight of yours will turn you away from God. It is better to close up your eyes from the situation and turn your spirit to God and pray. You will get the rescue. Now we come to Saul. Saul was good. Saul didn't do anything that wrong. But he dealt with the enemy according to his legs. God told him, Saul, you have to smack, to kill all your enemies. Saul did kill his enemies, but when he looked at some of his enemies, my, they were so good. They were so good. Saul just loved them. So Saul acted independently, not following the Lord. And that caused Saul to be dethroned. He lost his kingship and his kingdom just by that independence. Dick, let's break in again at this point. Aaron seems like he acted sometimes in the line of life and other times in the line of knowledge. This sounds like my experience. How about yours? Yeah, this is also my experience. I think this is the experience of every believer. Many times we are depending on the Lord. We're exercised to love the Lord, to be one with him. Even this morning I'm coming uh, here on the freeway on the freeway, I can have times when I'm enjoying Christ, praying, exercising to be one with him, and then suddenly I'm drawn away by something. I become independent of him, and what happens is uh, something is not so pleasing to God. The only time we're well-pleasing to the Lord is when we're enjoying him, practicing to be one with him. This experience of Aaron is really interesting because... I mean, here's Moses up on the mountain, 
and Aaron down below, and there's times when he did take the line of life. But in this case, he took the line of death, the line of knowledge. While Moses is up there in the presence of God, all of a sudden there's this uh, golden idol being built. And uh, Aaron's kind of thought is, well, hey, uh, I don't know, it was just all this gold was uh, thrown in the fire and out came this uh, golden idol. Uh, well, this is ridiculous, but this is what happens to us if we're on the line of knowledge, the line of death. Anytime we're away from the present presence of our dear Christ, some very ridiculous things can happen in our life. They're offensive to God. So we want to learn from Aaron not to take this independent way, this way of the line of the tree of knowledge, which is the line of death. So I appreciate the fact that we can learn from this, to be spared in our daily life from this kind of experience, then come up with these kind of weird, strange explanations. Well, this happened uh, because of this or that. Actually, all the things that are unpleasing in our life, our Christian life, they transpire uniquely because we have ignored the Lord in his intimate presence. So we want to be those who repent and come back to him as our first love. I couldn't help but take up one comment that you made. We are pleasing to God, I think you said, mm-hmm. when we're enjoying this dear Christ. Absolutely. Only when we're enjoying this dear Christ. Amen. That's, Amen. That is good news. Ooh, that's good news. <laughs> Let's go back to Witness Lee and the conclusion of today's life study. Now we come to the New Testament. In the first book of the New Testament, we are told that by that time when Christ was born, some religious people, even the religious leaders, like the scribes who really knew the Bible, right? And uh, the priests, even the chief priests, when they were asked where Christ would be born, right away they told King Herod that Christ should be born at Bethlehem. They got the knowledge. Nothing wrong with the knowledge, but they only held the knowledge. When I read and reread and read many times Matthew chapter 2, I was bothered. I said, my, why none of these people didn't go to see? They heard the news and they had the knowledge that Christ would be and should be born at Bethlehem, but none of them went to see. You see, these probes, they were on the line of knowledge. Not on the line of life. Rather, those wise men, they didn't have the knowledge. But they were on the line of life. They walked according to the heavenly star. And they went to visit and even to pay their worship to Christ. So they were on the line of life. Now, Nicodemus, this old man was really good. But even he, when he came to the Lord, was on the line of knowledge. He said, Rabbi, surely you are a good teacher from God. Right away, the Lord's answer turned him from seeking knowledge to the line of life. You need not the teaching, but a new birth with a new life. This is all what you need. 
Nicodemus, you don't need any more knowledge. You got enough knowledge. You are a teacher of the Old Testament, of the law of Moses. You got a lot of knowledge. Now what you need is not knowledge, but life. A new life by new birth. Now, Samaritan woman. Of course, this Samaritan woman was not that good. Yet, she was more or less religious. Immoral, yet religious. Religious, yet immoral. So this proves religion cannot help you. She had the traditional knowledge of religion. Yet, she still lived in sin without satisfaction. She was hungry, not physically, but also spiritually. This is on the light of knowledge. Then the Lord Jesus turned her, or directed her to God the Spirit. And this God the Spirit is the living water for the real satisfaction. You see? She was on the line of knowledge, but the Lord turned her to the line of life. We all have to see this. Well, Dick, this account, I think, is extraordinary. The scribes knew where Christ would be born, but they had no desire to see him. Have you seen this graphic picture repeated today? Yes, I have, and I many times I've seen this in my own experience. The principle here is that it's very, very possible to just have the knowledge of the letter of the Scriptures, but to not have the enjoyment of the living one who is embodied within that written word. Within the written word is the living one who is the living word. Our need in our daily life is to not just have the outward written scriptures, but to contact this living one who's embodied in his word. I was thinking of Second Corinthians 3, 6, which says, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, this letter here is not the letter of the L.A. Times. This letter is the letter of the Holy Bible. If we don't exercise our spirit to pray and to contact the living one, then the letter of the greatest book in the entire universe can even be a killing letter. So uh, that verse is tremendous. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And I have to testify many, many times, even today, I enjoyed taking God's word, exercising my spirit to pray, and touching the spirit within the word who gives life. Well, also, I was thinking of another verse, uh, two verses in John five thirty-nine and 40. The Lord told the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, uh, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. But listen, it's these scriptures that testify concerning me. Who am I? I'm the living one. But you will not come to me that you might have life. This is a, a tremendous portion of the word to train us and to infuse us with the fact that as we come to God's word, we must come seeking the living one 
who's embodied in this word. Otherwise, even the word of God in an outward way can just be letter that kills. Well, Dick, uh, my prayer, my hope is that all of us, our listeners included, you, me, and all of us, that we could be brought into this experience of always coming to Christ when we touch his word. Right. This is our prayer. I join you. We pray together for this. Amen. All who hear us today would have this kind of prayer. Lord, make me as living as you are. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Here, Lord, we give.